where we talk to music people about movies, about music people. I'm Naomi, I use she, her. I'm Crystal, and I also use she, her pronouns, and we are Basic Bitches. So we are happy to have a Tampa, Florida-based garage punk ride girl duo Proud Miranda here to talk with us about the movie 10 Things I Hate About You, a very late 90s take on The Taming of the Shrew, starring Julia Stiles, Heath Ledger, Larissa Olnick and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and a soundtrack that featured female-fronted alt-rock and pop-punk bands including Letters to Cleo and Say Ferris. So thanks so much for joining us, Problem Miranda. Please introduce yourselves to everyone. Hey, uh, I'm Kate, she, her pronouns, and I play guitar and sing. Hey, I am Amanda, she, her pronouns. I play the drums, the bass, sing a little bit for uh, Problem Miranda. Yeah, sing good. Sing a little. <laughs> bad <laughs> and thank you for having us well thanks uh thanks for joining us this was um this was a treat we, it, we realized really early on that crystal thought she didn't like this movie but she was in fact thinking of a different movie i was thinking oh. of another movie uh, because which i actually realized in the late 90s there were kind of a lot of films that had this general like there's a girl who everybody thinks is either like too smart, too mean, not pretty, and there's some kind of a like bet or a trick or yes. a prank to make her cool and pretty and likable. Always um, a sex <laughs> bet involved, and like whatever, there's, there's really never anything wrong with whoever the girl is yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> she just has glasses or oh, is God. angry. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven forbid her hair is up. That's game over. <laughs> So we're not sure which one you were thinking of. Was it She's All That? Maybe, maybe. Because the, the like, the big scene where, like, everyone discovers she's pretty is basically, yeah, she just, like, doesn't wear overalls, glasses, <laughs> and takes her hair down. Is that the one? <laughs> like, oh. it's, it's the movie featuring overalls. Yeah. <laughs> because there's this expert, even though she's super gorgeous, Rachel Lee Cook, she just has glasses and overalls. And then Freddie Prince Jr. and Paul Walker, they have a bet that if he can't get her elected prom queen, yeah, it's about getting her elected prom queen, even though she's just so hideous in her overalls. Yeah, which is what I really disliked about that movie, because I'm like, she's obviously gorgeous. Right? doesn't make sense. <laughs> But I found this movie to be much more enjoyable and uh, had a lot more substance to it. But more substance. You... That's a yeah. good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. But you please share with us why you chose this particular movie. Oh, okay. So there is this one show we played a while back. Um, this someone told us that we sounded our band sounded like the 10 things I hate about you soundtrack and it was a compliment of life because like that movie has been my favorite movie, not my favorite movie now but like one of my favorite movies forever and like I like learned who Bikini Kill was from that movie even though they're not in it but just Heath Ledger's like epic little name drop of yeah like, yeah <laughs> the that was a very heavy name drop yes, it was. <laughs> 
but I was like 10 years old and like hearing about these cool bands and seeing Letters to Cleo and like just being obsessed with all the super rad music in it. Yeah, because you you're overall the theme of your podcast, which I love so much, is like movies that relate super hard to music. And I feel like this one just like everything about it can tie back to music, even though it's not an outward musical. But like, yeah. a, like the, the, your Empire Records episode reminded me of it, like very similar, that it's just like everything in the plot ties back to music somehow. Yeah, definitely. And being from Boston originally, I really appreciated all of the Letters to Cleo appearances. Like this is when they got big because they had like three songs on that soundtrack. And no joke. Now having watched the movie, they were in it multiple times multiple times it was fascinating to me that so many of the letters to cleo songs were covers yes because i don't know were they known for that or that was like a choice for this movie i guess it was a choice for the movie i mean i don't i I don't know i don't think them doing covers was they weren't a cover band you know right 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 they were like very much a cool like alt rock girl fronted band like local band when I was a kid growing up and I was like I always thought they were great and really cool but to like see them in a movie was strange (laughs) it's not that they were like like that they got big doing a cover like it was I know their cover of all the songs they do are better than the originals (laughs) by far I want you to want me band I can never think of the name Cheap Trick Cheap Trick yeah but I did see on uh, Wikipedia that they did get to tour uh opening for Cheap Trick after this (laughs) maybe that was the plan all the way through all the way through all right we're gonna do this little teen movie and that's gonna get us to the big time I mean, I don't know how much bigger it gets than like performing on the roof of some kind of a gothic palace high school. <laughs> I know. What was that Dream place? Gig. I, I think it was the roof of the high school. It was, it's a real school. Is that I mean, a real, real live high school? People go there? Yeah. It's not a palace? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it's dealing. I feel like it's probably very old money, but right. um yeah, somewhere up near Seattle. That is a real school. Oh, that is so cool. So, Naomi, had you seen it before? Did you have any baggage? <laughs> Overall <I>, baggage? <laughs> well, no, because I I did see it. I, I'm pretty sure I rented it. I don't think I saw it in the theater. But, like, I think I saw it, like, pretty soon after it was out on DVD or potentially VHS in 1999. I don't in know. In that time. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I would have been like 16, 17 when it came out. And I remember that I I had going back to um, Third Rock from the Sun, a huge crush on Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So. He's so cute. <laughs> Very excited to see him in a movie. Um, and all I really- Cut the we were, hair. Yeah, he cut the hair, which was a little sad. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I mean, I don't want to start trying to dissect his gender presentation and how that helped. <laughs> Because um, we had talked about the movie before we watched it, which is what we were talking about, why Crystal thought she hated it. <laughs> and I was kind of saying, like, I don't think we're talking about the same film, because as far as I can remember, the deal is just that she's kind of grumpy and a bit alt, and no one understands yeah. it. Um, 
I do remember, I don't remember like particularly, um, like, I don't remember her being the character that I was drawn to for whatever reason. Like my main memories were Joseph Gordon-Levitt was very cute. I'm pretty sure her sister is Alex Mack. And <laughs> yeah. yes. thinking that the bit where Heath Ledger sings with the with the marching band was extremely romantic. Watching it as oh, an adult woman, God. I was like, mm, it's fine. But I remember being 17 and being like, wow. Like, that was actually, I wrote two pages of notes about how the, <laughs> the music tied to this movie. And on every single one, I'd write something like, Heath Ledger sings, can't take my eyes off you. Romantic! <laughs> I just kept doing, my main note about this movie was that it's romantic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some really interesting musical moments in it because like, you know, it's a teen movie, it's 1999. Like we've already said, like the bands are like, I mean, let us the clear, I've got two covers that are from like, like the eighties, I guess. Say yeah. Ferris also do a bit of Shout, which is like a sixties song. Yeah. There's some eighties music that comes up a couple of times when they're at the party where I was like, I don't think these kids are listening to like, Whatever. I, did, I did think that the party music they were playing was ridiculous. They were, they did play a Thompson twin song. Yeah. The only factual thing that would have happened was the Biggie Small song, Hypnotize, when she's doing the table dance. That's the yes. only thing that would have happened at a 90s teen party. That was perfect. Yes. <laughs> Thompson twins, that's who it was. I remember just because like, we watched the wedding, we watched the wedding singer recently, and I was like, this song is also in the wedding singer. Why is it in this film? Um, <laughs> They're totally different decades apart. And the fact that he's doing Can't Take My Eyes Off of You of all songs. I mean, I guess it does have a really cool, like, marching band. It does. But I feel like whoever was the music supervisor was just going rogue on what they wanted to listen to. It didn't speak <laughs> to, like, teens of the time. I agree. Yeah, the actual soundtrack is quite eclectic. <laughs> exactly. I had I didn't even realize how eclectic it was until like, you know, watching it for this purpose. Cause I just think of it as like, yeah, letters to Cleo and bands that sound exactly like that. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. It's and Joan Jett. And Joan Jett. Yeah. <laughs> Opening Joan Jett. That's all you need to know. Yeah. yeah, it really set the tone. You're like, oh, I, oh, I get it now. She is, she is not the same as these like four popular girls in the convertible that are singing some like. It was bare naked ladies. Bare naked ladies. Right, <laughs> that is what it was. Some very popular mainstream alt rock. Alt, <laughs> and it was a perfect intro scene to her character without any words. You just know, okay, these are basic bitches <laughs> <laughs> and this is cat this cat's trafford yeah she's like driving a beat up muscle car i'm so badass oh <laughs> my god <laughs> yeah but it like also backed it up too with with the substance she's like super smart very like daria vibes for oh, sure. So <laughs> true. Like very sarcastic, really witty, but like also she's got like a wall, you know, that there's yeah. a defense mechanism there. So I thought her character was really well drawn so much so that like it made the scenes where she was like 
having fun and being her really fun to watch like when she goes to the show to see letters to cleo and she's just like hanging out dancing with her friend in the front row for her like doesn't give a shit about anybody else that might be there i was like oh she's like she's in it for the right reasons like she's here for her not because she needs to be seen you know it was yes cool it was i really enjoyed kind of watching that uh, and watching her character. Oh, absolutely. And then that kind of made it even the worse as Heath Ledger like opens her up and then they have their awesome paintball fight scene. And then he's just being a jerk and there's a sex bet at the end of the day. And it's just so, cause she's opening up. The sex bet just hanging over everything. Like it's <laughs> yeah. Romantic butt sex bet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all made better with a Stratocaster, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, so I was thinking about like, you know, there were weirdly a lot of films with this plot around that time, but this one, like, its big thing was, you know, it's based on Shakespeare. Yeah. But like, yeah. it, I feel like in order to make the Shakespeare plot really work in 1999 they had to make their father a psychopath oh my god that is so true <laughs> like nobody is examining the weird <laughs> the weird obsession with his daughter's sex life that this man has it's just disgusting <laughs> when he makes her wear the belly that's like the worst the pregnancy belly. <laughs> and he's yeah, like completely unhinged yeah and 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 like the the only explanation is that he's an OBGYN or whatever (laughs) and I guess their mom left that's not really explained I think she left she's not dead right I have always asked this question I think Amanda and I watch this movie maybe once every three months and I always (laughs) turn and I go is the mom dead or did she leave she left I think she she left. left Yeah. Right? They're they like, talking about how she left, like, when Julia Stiles' character was in ninth grade when she was dating the, the douchey jerk. Oh, right. Right. Oh, thank you for solving that. Yeah, Angel. I always forget, but then I, I paid attention. I was like, no, she said she left. So. <laughs> yeah, but that's the only explanation given about the father. He's just completely bonkers. People should be really worried about those girls. Yeah. 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 He like the fact that he delivers babies all day doesn't mean that he has to be obsessed with his two daughters and their sex. Right? No, oh my really god. Weird. It's creepy. It's like TI level obsession. It's it's really it's very uncool. And also apparently everyone at school knows this about them. Right? Yeah. They don't date. They don't date. She's a virgin. And her virginal status is just like, don't even go there. She's a virgin. (laughs) Could you imagine everyone at school? Oh, it's that's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very strange. This, I just realized I forgot to Google it. Um, The guy that plays Joey, because he was also in like, Party of five. I'm. I am. I can tell that you I'm like completely that alone on this. Yeah, I, I don't think. think I'm, party of five, but 
I think that he's the actor I'm thinking of, and he had this weird moment where he like started his own cult. Yes. Okay. 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 It, yes. It is that man. Andrew, okay. Andrew Keegan, <laughs> like some some cult in California, like a spiritual actors, like they all just do yoga and pray to him, I guess. <laughs> okay, I thought it was him. <laughs> you didn't make it up. You're okay, not good. drinking. Good. Yeah. So one thing that we get kind of ask people, and if you've listened to the other podcasts, you know, is is how a certain musical scene or moment, either in the movie or the soundtrack, um, inspired you as a band. So you saw this movie before you were a band, or so once you kind of started playing music, um, how, how did this movie inspire your own sort of musical progression? Ooh, that's a good one. I think that the whole club skunk where she's, they all meet up and see letters to Cleo was just like this perfect idealized version of what I thought like venues would be like and yeah. just being like, just all that cool rad female rock energy and like the songs that are in the soundtrack. I think that was just the whole vibe was just making being in a band super attractive to me, like getting that from this movie specifically. Yeah, I pretty much say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was confused about Club Skunk about whether is that a do we think that's a club night or whether that club is always like that? Because Heath Ledger has that line where he's like, I can't go there tonight. Yeah. I have seen that. But then the bartender knows him, so he has been there. That, that is a huge plot hole. That is a huge <laughs> plot hole that the bartender knows him. Right. I can't be can't be seen there. High school. Why do the bartenders know them? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Everywhere. He they get to go to that biker bar and he's drinking a yeah. beer. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Cause there's like, you know, he went to Missouri or wherever it is for a year. So I was like, did he get held back? But that would still wouldn't make him 21. Oh yeah, it would have to be like a lot of years. Right. He just took off school, came back 21, <laughs> got an ID. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, I was unsure what this club was supposed to be. Cause he's like, oh, I can't be seen there. And then he goes and it's all women. I'm like, oh, this is a lesbian bar. Right, that's cool. what I thought too. <laughs> But then the bartender knows him. This is the man. <laughs> I don't. Well, they're I just trying to say that wrong. only girls like letters to Cleo is maybe yeah. the other thing they're trying to say. Oh, that's a girly band. I can't go there. That because this girly, gross, girly band is playing. Yeah, this girly skunk <laughs> bar. <laughs> the girls are gross. They have cooties. They smell bad. It's club skunk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that bartender thing is such a major plot hole. It just flew right over my head every single time. And another <laughs> one is perfect film, that one moment. <laughs> it's a choice. They've left it in. They wrote the they line. Did. They edited it and left it in. They want us to know he's been there. <laughs> they did. No, no, no. He's lying when he says he can't go there. He goes there. Right. Maybe that's what we're supposed to take away. <laughs> I actually hate clubs all the time. All the time. <laughs> He just knows that she's going to be there and then he's like his whole ruse is going to be up people are going to know that he's a yeah, people are going to know that i wear leather pants and go to oh club my god Scott. the pants oh my god 
I'm going to go to see Letters to Clear at Club Scum. <laughs> I need to wear the shiniest leather pants you have. Oh That's so ridiculous. <laughs> like, no, he doesn't wear anything like that at any other point in the movie. Not a single moment. He's just like, oh, I got to put on my Club Skunk uniform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I only paid attention to like anything Julia Stiles wore. I thought was the coolest thing ever when I watched yeah. it as like, a kid. But oh, she really did have great fashions. Yeah. But no, you got to look. You weren't looking at Heath Ledger. I was looking at his le- his- <laughs> I think the thing is that they're shiny. That's why all of our guys <laughs> just go there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Julia Stiles does have some classic 1999 fashion moments in this, yeah. in this movie. That kind of gray camo moment. Absolutely. Now I watched it. I was like, I wore that when I was like, <laughs> yeah. I had I had similar moments. She there was one that looked that was like a long skirt and a short sleeve like button down oh, shirt. Yes. Like that was a look I wore. I did. You had that. You had the long. I did that. That was a very Delia's catalog situation. I remember um, Delia's. <laughs> yes. That's um, yeah, that was real. That was real. That felt it was relatable. Oh, uh, but also goals. Also, like her Doc Martens and her big baggy olive green pants. Oh, uh, she was just so tough and cool. <laughs> I mean, that car as well was incredible. Oh, oh the dad is like he's really concerned about her sexual health, but she can drive that vehicle around. Yeah, she oh, drive this shitty old muscle car. <laughs> no big ridiculous. Deal. As long as is you're a virgin, I will. <laughs> His quote, my insurance doesn't cover PMS. It's pretty pretty cringe and hilarious at the same time. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say the it's other just... thing that I like weirdly really was like, oh yeah. I don't know if this is I don't know if this is a teenage girl thing. She when she sat on the porch at, near the end and she's she's sketching. Yeah, an eye. And she's drawing an eye. I used to draw so many eyes, you guys. I think that's, <laughs> that's like, so cool. I think that's for really deep girls. Deep right? girls draw yeah. eyes because they're just so eyes. sad and no one can understand me. <laughs> I used to draw eyes. That was my. <laughs> right? Yeah, I just sit there and draw eyes. <laughs> no one can feel my pain but this eye. <laughs> Got real good at drawing eyes. Yeah, I think she went really method in her role of being an angsty teen girl and just pulled out all the things we've already done. She was just so accurate. Yeah, I mean, I think she was actually like 17. I think it's one of those rare occurrences where someone in an American movie of that time was playing their actual age. Isn't it wild when they're like 25, 30? It set my expectations for going into high school like so wrong. Oh my God, me too. Like, yeah, same. Look like, like Neff Campbell, like Sarah Michelle Gellar. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was a conversation we had about Empire Records too, where I was like, when I saw that movie as a like 13 or 14 year old, I was like, oh, these people are full on adults. Right. (laughs) They are grown people. Even yes. though they're like supposed to be 17 or 18 or like 19 tops. It was like, no, unbelievable in that movie too. Just completely unbelievable. But it, it did like the, the kids all read as high school kids in this movie. And I, I Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm-hmm. he just looks like a little boy. Like yes. obviously Heath Ledger can just drink anywhere. Heath Ledger looked like he was 
way older to me, but I think we looked yes. up when he was 19 or so. He was 19. And she was, was he really? That was 18, I think. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, maybe when they were filming, filming it was like 17 and 18. Yeah. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt looked like a baby. Alex Mack looked like okay. a baby. She looked like Capri Sun. She looked like Capri Sun. <laughs> <laughs> he also looked like... I guess they did kind of look the same age. I just got Joseph Gordon Levitt just looked like he was like 11. What? <laughs> he was so much younger than all of them. And yeah. then his friends that he was always paired with, like dressed like he was like, like an older, like business guy. And he's to... kind of like a five o'clock shadow. Yeah. And like a <laughs> side part. Yeah. His friend was like a 30 year old. Yeah. The, oh, the ages. <laughs> <laughs> Well, isn't that guy, is that the kid from Adam's Family Values? Yes, it oh. is. Oh! It's Wednesday's boyfriend yeah. from camp. So I oh think- Oh my God, camp! That's who it was. <laughs> <laughs> this is my secret uh, superpower. <laughs> it is. Knowing exactly <laughs> the, the tiny- Just like that person was in that thing too. Do you remember that person was that person from that thing who was also in that thing with the other person? You know that one, right? And I'm like, no. <laughs> That's like Kate, too. She's like yeah. a human IMDb. Yes. <laughs> Not, no other information of any value, but no. whatever Lifetime movies someone played, someone's cousin, I've got it on lock. I won't know what their names are, to be clear. I would just, just be able guy, to tell you. The guy from The Thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly what thing they are the guy from. Uh, I forgot about Adam's Family Values. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah so the film where they famously do a Thanksgiving play at summer camp. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> never question that. No. Um, so one other thing that we kind of will we'll bring it to the end of our questions here, but um, you know, we're all musicians and we have played live gigs um, in seeing a movie where musicians are playing live gigs. Um, how does that feel to you now watching it compared to when you maybe first saw it and weren't in a band? Like, oh my gosh. feel oh really gosh. unrealistic compared so to- So disappointing. Such <laughs> a letdown. Like, yeah, like they've never played anywhere or even been to a show really as cool as Club Skunk looked in that movie and like, ever. In Tampa, anyway. I played yeah. on zero castle roofs. Zero. <laughs> yeah, no castle roof gigs yet. What's that all about? Also, yet to play a prom. Right. Yeah. Oh. I think you two would play a great prom. I would like I to think put so. in for that. I think that would be great prom music. Yeah, I think we could pull it off for sure. A lot of the cuts on your album where you were doing the songs about the movies, they would be good at a prom. Mm. Oh my God, I love the Scarface song on that album. It's <laughs> like, like laughing at it and bopping to it so much is so good. <laughs> Yeah, I fucking hate that movie. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> this movie. we had to watch it in like two sections because we got so bored. Well, I, I just, 
I love that. I love that. Because people need to take movies like down, that down a peg or two with like the toxic yeah. masculinity and like, no, 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 this is movie. He's a great, no, 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 this is a great character. No, Al Pacino's just yelling at people. Yeah. Mm. Cinema. Yeah. He's I mean, he's just a dick. He was a dick. He's just a <laughs> People just need to watch 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you no? Know? When everyone who is a dick gets punched in the face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And kicked in the balls. And kicked mm. in the balls. Yeah, I do appreciate that. That was, that was like, I wanted to punch that guy in the face the whole movie. Oh, It was nice to finally see him get punched in the face. Total wish fulfillment. I mean, what yeah, more do you want in a film? Come on. And it was kind of perfect that it was, it was, uh, her, I'm trying not to call her Alex Mack. <laughs> I think she's, all know who you mean. Yeah, I think she's called Bianca in the movie, right? Yeah. I, it was nice that it was her, you know? Yeah, it was like, I agree. It could, it, have been, it could have been Judy Styles, sure, but we would have expected that. Exactly. We would have expected it. So much better that it was Bianca. Alex yeah. Mack got to prove that she had her own voice and like she... Yeah. She learned that she could be more like her sister as opposed to just wanting her sister to be more normal. And I yeah. like that her date didn't get like weirded out that she like stood up for him. Like I thought that was like a cool moment in oh, the movie yeah. where she punched him out and like, this is for my date. And he's just like, not like, don't stand up for me, I'm a man. Yeah, right. So I, I appreciated that back in the 90s he's even. Secure. <laughs> yeah, he's Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yes. Uh so do we think that she eventually formed a band at Sarah Lawrence? I hope so. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's just no question. I mean, she's, she's got an entire concert record just about what's wrong with her father, I think. That's oh, my God. <laughs> album one. That's probably what she wrote her thesis about at Sarah Lawrence. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. And then the second thesis about my boyfriend stalked and pretend to like me for a sex bet. She mm -hmm. has so much trauma to work through with music. I mean, does she yeah. stay with Heath? Does he move with her to Sarah Lawrence? I don't know. We don't know no. anything about his prospects. He, he likes, doesn't have any. He likes welding. That's it. <laughs> He likes stabbing frogs and setting things on fire. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I can't see them lasting. I think, I don't think so. There's a lot, there's a whirlwind romance there, but at some point she is going to sit down and really think about the sex bet. It's messed up. <laughs> you can't work past that. Like, there's no way. I don't care how dreamy he is, you can't work past a sex bet. No. <laughs> they always do. Well, because he got her, oh, this is what I loved in the movie. When we see her the first time playing that guitar, it's a Squire Stratocaster. When he messes up, he buys her a Fender Stratocaster. <laughs> he had to level up so hard. Yeah, that was an expensive purchase for like some and kind of And that's cool. why she forgave him. That's it. She's like, I'm going to start my man now, thanks to this guy. Yeah. I mean, also, at some point, presumably, she's going to be like, wait, was he watching me in the guitar store? How does he know what guitar? Because he doesn't, he's hiding. Yeah, he's just creeping. He's just and creeping. I, I love the song that's playing in that scene. Oh, my God. The weakness in me. Oh, oh. the it's Jonah Matrading, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's how you pronounce her last name? Mm-hmm. 
Claro, you come here. She's one of our famous musical lesbians. <laughs> oh, cool. She's a famous musical lesbian? Oh my God, that's why your music's so good. It was just fun. It was fun to watch with this purpose. Cause like, I don't know, we've seen it so many times, but this was just yeah. like to look through the musical lens was really fun. And we're really big nerds of all of those, no matter how terrible they are, those like 90s teen movies and just like watch them an embarrassing amount. So it was fun to pick one and dissect it musically too. Yeah. <laughs> and Crystal got to realize that she actually does like it. So Yeah, it was good. It was not the bad movie that I thought it was. So thanks for that. <laughs> I'm so happy you had that experience. Yeah, I appreciate it. And she's all that. You hate she's all that, Crystal. That's Never the one. Watch That's it. the one. And I'm not wrong in that, right? That's just it's <laughs> no, generally it's known as a bad movie, right? Okay. Well, a proud Miranda, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this has been really fun. Uh, can you tell us if you're working on anything else or are you going to be playing any shows anytime soon? Where can people find out about you and your music? Well, thank you again for having us. This has been super fun. Um, check us out on Spotify. We just released a new song called Mad About You. And we're just kind of in a writing phase. So probably new things out soon. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been awesome, guys. Lovely to finally meet you and see your faces. Yeah. Same. Okay, thanks so much. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Basic Bitches Movie Club, produced by us, Basic Bitches. If you would like to know more about us, please visit basicbitchesband.com. Don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe to this podcast.